What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host today, Kyle Hagan. It's a great day. It's a great day. I feel like it's not a productive day for most. We have Monday Night Football today in the Delaware Valley. We also have Thanksgiving week, uh, which is historically not the most productive of weeks. We're getting the Eagles Chiefs today. We're getting into Aaron Noah locked up for maybe the rest of his career. I'm going to fix the NBA Cup with one rule change. And the Flyers, yes, we're going to talk about the Flyers because they've won five straight. And I was supposed to be joined by Russ. Russ isn't here right now, but we just have Kevin Kincaid. Here comes Russ Joy now. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid and let's let Russ sit in the background for a little bit. You know, let's 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 get us in here, you know, because when the Chihuahua comes on, we're not always going to get, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the time to talk, you know, he goes on his, uh, his rants. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm just happy that there's football tonight. I know good football. Hopefully. I mean, cause we were, we were, we were, uh, taking the chance of good football on Thursday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Baltimore Ravens, because everybody was getting hurt in that game. Uh, yeah. Denver versus Vikings last night was actually kind of a good game. I don't know if you stayed up for it, but Josh Dobbs might be the truth, even though they lost Russell Wilson heaving up bombs in the uh, in the back <laughs> of the end zone to Cortland Sutton for the win. It was yeah. uh, it was fun. It was fun preparing uh, for the show during it. It, it, it was uh, it was all right. Yeah, I mean, um, I told you five weeks ago that uh, Josh Dobbs and uh, Russell Wilson would be a low-key kind of entertaining mm-hmm. game. I think we all, we would have looked at each other like we were crazy, you know. But it feels like the last feels like the last time the Eagles played was uh, was a hundred years ago, you know. I know Taylor Swift at the game, which which means we're just gonna have to focus on watching football tonight. You know? Yeah, I was expecting it to be the most watched regular season game of all time, honestly. <laughs> uh, until well. People don't forget Travis Kelsey's girlfriend killed a person over the weekend and uh, she won't be at the uh, game tonight because she had to reschedule a show to Monday. Um, listen, facts are facts. Um, do you miss <laughs> do, you, do you miss corporate America during this during this week? Like when you're at CBS three in the editing doc? Because I do right now. Comcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already quite quit, but like this was like the ultimate quiet quitting of Thanksgiving week. Oh, no, no, the answer to the question, I've, I never have missed corporate America, not once since I left uh, <laughs> corporate America, although there was more money in corporate America to send people places and to do do things. You know, the budget was a little uh, was a little higher, but that's uh, neither here nor there. No, did you guys uh, have the Thanksgiving parade or did ABC six always have that? No, Channel Six always had that. We had the um, the Irish, uh, not the oh. parade. The um, go toe to toe with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, 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 but they must go toe to toe with each other. Lost the St. Patrick's Day parade um, because we fired Bob Kelly and Kathy Orr, and the people are <laughs> like the Irish, um, oh what, you know, Irish group of America or whatever the hell they were. <laughs> they got so mad uh, that they left and they took the St. Patrick's Day parade to um, somebody else to Fox Twenty Nine. I guess you fired a couple mix before the St. Patrick's Day parade, so they took it and ran. <laughs> I guess they just really, really had a you know, like Bob and Kathy did a lot of uh, you know, did a lot with the parade or whatever. And when they were no longer at Channel Three, they said, "Fuck you, we're taking the parade elsewhere," you know, because they like they like the talent that much. Yeah, they, I love that. It was I about love the pig, and it was about the talent, you know. I have yeah. a question for Russell. Actually, is he at a di- different angle here today? Oh, okay. You've got the red and uh, the red and uh, no, don't orange, try. Yeah, color, colorblind, orange. No, yeah, I think yeah. he just looks. He looks shorter than usual. We should fire Russ the day before Columbus Day, uh, or Paisan <laughs> Russ. 
Hang on, one sec. I'm trying to. Can I do a lot? Yeah. See now, look at that. He's got it on all three walls there. I do. Yeah. They're like uh, they're like soundproofing tiles that I use when I'm usually recording. Okay. Here, let me. Brand synergy is good because you are uh, the only Flyers podcast. Know the goalie, Rush Joy. That's what I've been told. Uh, We appreciate you coming on. Do you miss corporate America? You weren't really corporate America. You were more of a teacher. Was this an easy week? We we will. Oh yeah. This was. Yeah, I I had all the feels today because my wife went off to work and uh, she has full day of conferences, and it reminded me of how much I miss conference day. I was like the I was the one sick human being in the building who actually did enjoy parent teacher conferences because I turned parents against their kids. Like (laughs) the school that I worked at had this like total bullshit policy of uh, uh, you got to do test retakes on like two out of every three tests. So you could like retake a test and then you get the average. But then eventually like I just replaced the score and then you could drop out your worst quiz grade. So like these parents would come in and be like, I can't believe, you know, Jose, this is always funny. Can't believe Jose has, you know, a D in Spanish too. Like what's going on? I'm like, well, many things, uh, which I'm sure you can attest to, but, um, Jose has not taken me up on the quiz dropping or the retaking of tests and the parents every time are like, what the hell? What? I'm sorry. What? And so when I'd explain the thing that I explained to them, the back to school night with the syllabus and everything that went home. They were like, they, they get fire in their eyes and they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go have a chat with my kid when I get home. So did I really, you just, did you just roll it. up the audio? Did you get the audio visual crew in there to roll up like a TV and like the day before Thanksgiving or Christmas, you just stuck like a bullshit movie. Dude, I had, no, no, no. I had this awesome. I loved this thing. I had this like uh it wasn't the smart board. It was an Epson projector and it had like a, it had like a laser thing that it would interpret where you were touching on the regular whiteboard. So you could write on it like regular with Expo markers, but it was a giant TV. And so what would happen is on this entire thing in the front of the classroom, I would show like Charlie Brown, La Gran Calabaza, you know, like the great pumpkin. So we'd watch that in Spanish class and we'd we'd like, we we would do that. I found it, I bought it in German and uh, I had to borrow like the, the other German teacher's little DVD player to play it. But yeah, man, I loved Thanksgiving weekend as a teacher. It was the best. So, yeah. yeah. There's not really. Uh, I I like I like being a adult more than I liked being a kid. Honestly. Wow. I mean, you yeah, you could you. I mean, I could skirt around you know corporate America. I, I was in a big uh, I was in a big office and everything. I mean, I could I could hover above the mouse like I'd be hovering above the mouse right now if I was still mm-hmm. a Comcast. You know, mm-hmm. sliding it every couple of minutes like Kevin. You know. Kevin's a drill sergeant. Kevin makes me work hard. You know, I got. We're going to be out on uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be out at Hanrahan's in Drexel Hill. Yeah, uh, handing out limited edition Kelly Green uh, cans and stuff. So if you're around for that, come on out and do that. Um, I don't know if there's any games on, but I hope there might be something on. It's a doubleheader, man. There's uh, we got the Sixers and the uh, Flyers. Oh, good shit. Both on the Flyers road. Are on, yeah, Flyers are on the on the island looking for six straight wins. God help yeah. us. We will by get the way, into that. By the way, the people who are watching and the people who listen after the fact, the Crossing Broad Twitter account is almost at 100,000 followers. It's at 99.9 thousand followers. So if you don't already follow the Crossing Broad Twitter account, why am I? The, I'm not even the one in charge of the brand, and I'm the one who knows. It's almost at 100,000. Well, I don't that'd know how really, many of them That'd be are, a really cool thing. I don't because know how you, many of them are porn bots, though. I mean, yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Show. doesn't matter how many of them are that. 99,900 something. That's great. Let's go. Get oh, it to 100,000. King, 
Kincaid will give all, he'll give away a Emmy if we get to a hundred thousand. <laughs> oh, the one the, the, the hundred thousand follower Kincaid will give his Emmy away too. Incentivize incentivize people <laughs> to follow. Yeah, well, I gotta hang on to all that stuff because I wanted to do like a charity thing in December, give away all <laughs> the extra, give away all the extra stuff that I have, all the stuff that I've collected as like media gifts over the years, and we'll we'll hand those out. But yeah, we are very there close to a hundred thousand, so we're gonna that's a plateau we're gonna reach. Yeah, yeah, come out to Delco on Wednesday, hand hands. Um, <laughs> Miller Lite cans, the Kelly Green cans. Pagan's going to be there filming. I'm going to come down. I'm going to yep. drag my ass down from Lance. It'll be a good time. Yeah. The yeah. night before uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Otherwise, Thanksgiving Eve. Amateur night. Yeah. Um, fuck. I hate it. When I've never heard of that. Night. I've never heard of Amateur Night. It only becomes Amateur Night in like the far suburbs and it starts at like 10 o'clock. So we'll be there before Amateur Night starts. It's Up in Pottsville, there's uh, the Club 18 and it's, uh, like a a dive. It's, it's a it's a it's a no, it's a dive bar. And it's it's awesome. It's like one of the only bars that you can go in, and like they're still smoking and and all yeah. that. And like, dude, it's the size of Kevin. It's probably the size of your office and my office combined. And uh, they put hundreds and hundreds of people. You're like, you are legitimately trying to wiggle your way through, but everybody's yeah. hammered. Everybody's got Yingling. Everybody knows that Yingling Lager on the draft in Pottsville is the freshest you'll ever have. Well, we drink Merle Light here. Uh, Rust. It used to We're be. It's cool, Merle Light brand here, okay? Uh -huh. So stop uh -huh. pushing your sensor. The drink, the drink of my people? Agenda. Yeah. The, right. the drink of my people? The, the, the drink that gives black lung. The drink that cures black lung in Pottsville. And that, that's libel. See, there, there's going to be. There's Come after thing. me. So did I'm you – I'm, I'm using this opportunity here to pull some stuff off on, on Sport Radar. Um I think like probably the uh, thing that people aren't realizing or maybe it's not being talked about a lot is that the Chiefs defense is pretty damn good. So like, we're just we're going to go right into Chiefs. Okay. Wow, we're just, we're gonna, there's no right no foreplay, no foreplay on Monday Night yeah. Football. Like Kincaid just goes. No, we're just going right into it. I mean, the no, egg. But seriously, though, I mean, like what's been I, I don't I you know, I, I hear people saying, like, oh, this is a big game. Yeah. Eagles, Chiefs or whatever. Not really a lot of talk about the game. I'm not really buying the Super Bowl rematch kind of storyline. I don't oh, really right. give a shit about that because. The, the one team seven and two and the other team's eight and one. It's big enough. It's big enough just in this sense this year that even if the Super Bowl didn't happen last year, this would still be the biggest game of the year in the NFL, right? So I don't think I think the Super Bowl revenge angle is something, but it's not really. It doesn't. It doesn't change the largeness of the game whether it's there or not. Ooh, I'm I'm declaring tonight a must win for the Eagles. I'm officially declaring it a must win because if the birds lose tonight, they have to win the next two against the Bills and the 49ers because when we go into Dallas, we haven't won there in 2017. If they don't win one of the next two against the Bills or 49ers, they'll potentially have four losses. Dallas will take over number one in the division. And you got to hope that, you know, I know they have a tough schedule at the end of the year, but you got to hope they, uh, they drop one. So I'm declaring tonight as a, uh, as a must win. Ross, am I crazy? I mean, just in general, you are. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think that tonight's bigger than just being a regular season game. I think that tonight's a, a night that you go out and you try to prove that the Super Bowl was a fluke mm -hmm. and that were it not for a garbage turf, you would have won Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl in the spring. Like that, mm -hmm. that to me is is what tonight's about. It's it's more than a regular season game. It's bragging rights. Um, like, do they need to win it? No, it's an out-of-conference game. It, it means the same as any other. Um but I think for your for your mental psyche, I do think that it means a lot more. 
And if you get this win, then the national pundits of the world, like I, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast on the Ringer, and he, uh, <laughs> the Ringer, he was even he was even saying that uh, he thinks the Eagles are the best team in the league, and it's because they're so well rounded. So like I, I would like to, I'd like to see where this thing lands tonight. You know, well, you really think they're the best team in the league? The 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 school of thought on those who believe it. I'm not saying that I do, but the. The school of thought is every game the Eagles have won, you haven't felt they played a perfect game. Yes. Like there's there's always at least one thing, one to three things. They go, eh, we, they need to work on this. And the thought is that eventually, if they were to hit on all of these things at once and put that perfect game together, it could win them the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I think they're a very put good it together. I, I, think, I think they have their flaws. I, I again, I wish they had gotten better running back depth. Like I do wish that they had a stud in the backfield, which I don't think they have. But other than that, like if the line stays healthy, they they can go toe to toe with just about anyone. Yeah. Here's my argument, real quick, or just playing devil's advocate to Pagan's thing about a must win game. If they had the Chiefs and then like Washington, New York, whatever the fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would say that this is, you know, another opportunity yeah. to show that they're for real and rip off a marquee win or whatever. But I'm looking at next week and they got Buffalo and then I'm looking at San Francisco and I'm looking at Dallas. And I, so I'm looking at like the next four weeks. I'm looking at the next month's worth of games in totality. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if they win two out of the four, that will suffice. And they're still in the driver's seat for the number one seed, you know. Um, but I, I would like to see them win this game because they're coming off the buy and they have the preparation. It's a team they lost to in the Super Bowl. Sure. I mean, if they, if I could, pick, if you could pick, I would ask you this, if they, if you could pick two of the next four games and two of them are wins and two of them are losses, what's ideal? What of these next what's four? Easy. Who do you want to be? Easy. Yeah. Go ahead, Russ. Let's do it on three. Ready? Okay. okay. One, two, three. 49ers. San Francisco and Dallas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Dallas. Yeah, because you you need and it's and it's easy, right? Because they're both in your conference. They're both against teams that you expect are going to be fighting you, if not for your division. In the case of Dallas, then for potentially, I mean, obviously yeah. things have to go yeah. poorly here for the the Eagles and the Niners have to get hot again. But like, they're supposed to be one of the teams that's contending for the top of the conference. That's way more important. I will say though, I think the Buffalo is is quite fraudulent. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles blow their doors off next week. Well, that's the one you have. You absolutely have yeah. to. I mean, if they go one and three during the stretch and Buffalo's the only win, then you're sitting there thinking, but I have I have more juice for the San Francisco rematch than the KC rematch. I don't know that's why. Fair. I think I think it was just because there was a ton of like, you know, Debo Samuels bitching yeah. and all the, all that kind of stuff. And the storylines were more directed yep. at the Eagles themselves. Like, whereas the things we were complaining about with the Super Bowl loss were like Gannon. And the father and the shit that's not even here, not relevant anymore. But yeah, it's going to be mostly the same San Francisco team coming back to Philly after saying the shit that they said, you know. So if I could pick two wins, I would. Yeah, I guess I guess the Dallas game is more San Francisco number one to me. And I guess Dallas has to be number two because of what Russ said, because of the, if, the implications in the in the conference. And all if that. they go two and two and the two wins are against San Francisco and they're against Dallas, they'll lock up the number one seed and they'll lock up the NFC East, basically. Because yeah. after after this little four game stretch, I think it goes Giants, Seahawks, and Geno Smith might be hurt. Arizona Giants to finish off. I mean that's that should be a four and zero 
year or four and to uh to end the season and maybe even you know Jalen Hurts is getting some rest in week 17. Um but it's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, because I think everybody's conditioned to think that like you know, the Chiefs have Mahomes and they have Kelsey and they have the super high powered offense, but they've been I, I think their unders have hit more often than than not this year. I mean, look at look at their last their last four games, right? 21 to 14 win over Miami, 24 to 9 loss at Denver, 31 to 17 win versus the Chargers, 19 to 8 win against the the Broncos. I mean, they, in their first two games, you know, they beat they lost to Detroit in the season opener. They beat Jacksonville 17 to 9. I mean, their defense really so believe it or not, over the next 4 weeks, the Eagles are going to face four of the top 5 defenses in points allowed per game. San Francisco is allowing 15.7, the Chiefs 15.9, Bills 17.3, Cowboys 17.5. The Chiefs have the have the number one, or I think they're yeah, they're number one in the limiting big plays. They've only allowed 24 big plays of 20 plus yards this entire year. I mean, they're they're the number one. I want to, want to say they're number three in passing defense too, but I don't know how many people are realizing that. Like it feels like an underplay, doesn't it? When, when Ant brought up how good the defense was last week, I was surprised. I was surprised by that. Um, yeah. it, but that's what makes tonight's game so, so much fun. And so interesting is great Eagles passing offense, really good Chiefs defense. Yeah. yeah. Subpar four Chiefs standards, passing offense, really bad Eagles passing defense, but a great uh, rushing defense. The Eagles have. So it's kind of like you're taking the best of each and you're going up against or the worst of each and you're going up against the worst of the other teams or the best of the other teams. So it's like it's I think tonight all comes down to to Brian Johnson and, and Jalen Hurts and how much they they manage the game um, time possession on the ground through the air. Like, I think that's how I think it's the more the Eagles offense is going to win this game versus the Eagles defense is going to win this game. So the over under right now, uh, 12, 18 PM on Monday afternoon, the over under is 45.5. Yeah. Yeah. Minus three Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where can you, where can you get that Kev? Where? Oh yeah. You can go to ESPN bet, download the ESPN bet app, use promo code broad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, forty. Why, Kevin? Why should they? Why should they enter the promo code? There's a really important reason that they should enter that promo uh, code. Because because if they don't, then we have to go back to corporate America. Yeah. No, not that. Yeah, that's that's nope. That's probably that's number one reason, Kev. What's no, number two? That's reason? not. That's the number. That's the number two reason. The number one reason is if you okay. go into the ESPN Bet app, you can only get two hundred dollars, but the entering the code broad gets you an extra fifty. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay. So if you run off to the ESPN Bet mm-hmm. app, you will only get two hundred dollars. If you go through our links on CrossingBroad.com. And then um, you sign up and enter the code broad. And you get an extra fifty. I think which that can be really big. That. Yeah, maybe can I be, didn't have the can, can be really big. Maybe yeah. I didn't have the methodology um, complete there. I don't, it's just funny to me because like I look, you know, you remember pegging like one of the angles that I kept hammering last year after the Super Bowl was how, uh, you know, because we were all killing Gannon, and but Spags got completely cooked too in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that well, the Chiefs actually gave up more points than the than the Eagles defense did. People forget that. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like now you turn around. Spags has one of the best defenses in the league, you know, which is why it's funny, man, because everybody always talks about Mahomes. They talk about Kelsey and all this shit, but they don't talk about anybody on the defensive side of the ball. But I think I think you guys are right. It's like it's it's going to be like the kind of the unstoppable force and immovable object kind of thing in mm-hmm. a way that if you look at what the Eagles have been doing well in the last couple of weeks, is throwing the ball, you yeah. know. So that to me, to me, it's yeah, to me, it's a Brian Johnson kind of kind of thing. I mean, that's going to be the storyline, you know. Just the good news, shut is- up time. 
Man. Taylor Swift won't be in there, so you can hammer the under for Travis Kelsey yards. I think he only averages about 46 and a half when she's not in attendance. So expect a <laughs> low, a a low uh, production, uh, kind of the Thanksgiving week of production uh, for, for Travis Kelsey today. Um, do you have anything the else? Wild, the wild thing yeah. is this still might set the viewership record. It, it legitimately might. might. Like, there's a good chance. If T-Swift had been there, 100%. But I think just in general, let's do this. Let's set the over under at four. How many Taylor Swift references are made on tonight's telecast? Set uh, it at three and a half, three and a half over. under. I will go two and a half on ESPN bet using promo code broad for $250. I would take the under. I think it's like, I think it's three. Yeah. And then I think they stopped talking about it. I wonder if the dad's going to be there though. You think they're going to hate dad? him? I'm going to take, I'm taking the over. It's going to be at least four mentions and that is not available on ESPN bet. Very important for us to note that here as we work with, with, uh, you know, pen regulators yeah. and, you know, red yeah, and all that. pretty uh, important, pretty uh, important uh, distinction uh, here, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pagan. You don't have a like, job either. So yeah, here we are. Do you think that the, the, uh, the Taylor Swift fans are like the, uh, late... <laughs> Jesus Christ! One of the all timers, right there, the Chihuahua. Do you think the uh, like the the Lionel Messi fans and the Taylor Swift fans are the same? As in, they're like, yeah, you because know, you had Messi fans buying tickets to games and showing up with signs and stuff in games that he wasn't even playing in. Are the Swifties smarter yeah, than that? Like, like, they're more obsessed. Like they know exactly what the hell is going on with her, right? So surely there's not going to be residual tune in for people. No, no, they'll tune in for Taylor's boyfriend Travis. That's what they'll do. Here's the better question, though, Kevin. Like. Is there is there a world where Swifties ask for tickets to the game, like ask for tickets to a game, whether it's Christmas or whatever, because they know that she'll be in attendance and there's a chance that they might see her? Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's not her yeah. concert, but like I, I could I could totally see that as a thing. Yeah. Long Beach. What was it? Long Beach Island in New Jersey over the summer. She went to some person's wedding and there was probably 5000 people out there waiting for her, just waiting yeah. for her to catch a glimpse of her walking to her car. It's insane. It's a rabbit. It's crazy. Yeah. One storyline I didn't expect was I absolutely hate the father. I, I hate this guy. <laughs> Poppy Swift. He, he got caught wearing a Chiefs lanyard on night two down in Rio again. I mean, this dude, uh, 50 plus. No, he's no, no, trying. No, don't, don't shrug uh, the shoulder. It's okay. The weirdest people in the world are the ones who want to become uh, their daughter's boyfriend's best friends. Those are just no. weird dudes. No, no, no. Right? I'm going to tell you this why. Is a dude, a Look dude at who, the- who grew up in Bryn Mawr for 50 plus years, seven years old, been an Eagles fan, and he just Benedict Arnold the shit out of us on Chiefs Week. Now, because there's two things that you're not taking into account here. All right. Okay. So in, in different parts of the state, now it is different in Bryn Mawr. I, I don't think there's much of an excuse. You do have people who say, I have a team. You know, you're diehard Eagles fan, and there are some people who have a second team that's in another conference, and you still choose the Eagles if they play in the Super Bowl, but you do that. Where I grew up, you can be a, a Philly fan and a Pittsburgh fan, but I chose Philly, right? You could be both because Why they play in different conferences, fan? different Pottstown. It's Pottsville. Pottsville. Pottsville is further up in up the in, up in the up in the skook. Anyway. Yeah. Like don't just don't don't try to figure it out, Pagan. It's that's town is all Eagles. So, so what you need. So here's the thing. The Maroons. If are. if you're Taylor Swift's dad, you're a hundred percent going all in on trying to make sure that your daughter ends up with Travis Kelsey. Why? One, there's additional financial stability, and two, he's not a loser. She's dated a lot of losers. A lot of losers. She's she's a dated a lot of deadbeats. Some mm-hmm. of them have made a lot of money, but they're deadbeats. Financial stability. <laughs> she's like a financial stability. Listen, listen. 
Go ask, go ask, uh, you know, some stars from, from yesteryear, some athletes from yesteryear who had their money squandered by, uh, by charlatans, Kevin Kincaid. But I don't no, think I Taylor think, Swift I think, is in jeopardy of losing all of her money. Just wait, like, like Lamar bookmark Oliver. this episode. <laughs> 2035, we learned that T Swift was told that she bought an island off the coast of, uh, you know, Malta or something, and Malta. and it, it wasn't it wasn't real. Well, everything is off the coast of Malta because Malta yeah. is an island. So she got fire fested. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly uh, I don't know. She 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 he needs her more than she needs him. No, I agree. I'm just saying. I think that the reason the dad is doing this is because he's all in. Because the other boyfriends have sucked, and this guy doesn't seem to. He's probably like, oh, finally she's dating like an athlete, you know, somebody yeah. I can relate to instead of some like beta, like little, you know. like Tom Hiddleston, who like was some <laughs> Marvel movie that I never saw. <laughs> yeah. she what, are Tom Hiddleston? Talk, what are they going to talk about? You know, yeah. I like Tom Hiddleston. He's good. He's fine. Loki. Um, uh, are Loki. we approaching? I want to be careful how I word this. Please. Are we approaching Kelsey Swift? Oversaturation. Oversaturation? We're past it. On the Kelsey side, too? I mean, I I When you put up the Jason Kelsey tweet about um, them doing a Christmas uh, movie Movie or something, like a bunch of responses, like, enough enough with this already. Like, let's just focus Mm -hmm. on... You do do run the danger of, like, overexposing yourself. 100%. In the last three days, I've seen... And and go get your bag. I'm 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 okay with you know Mama Kelsey capitalizing on everything, Kylie Kelsey capitalizing on everything, obviously Jason everything. But on the, over the last three days, I've seen Papa John's, I've seen Mrs. Kelsey do like three different promos, I've seen Jason Kelsey do some like bowl company that I saw right here. There's the there's the the Hallmark movie. There's the minted Christmas card. It's starting to get a little bit like, and I know this is like blasphemy in the city of Philadelphia, but like. This this one tells me that Jason's probably last year. He's got so many endorsements that he can make money off of off of uh, out of his career. And then I'm kind of just like, all right, can we wait till the off season a little bit? You know, bye week. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you do run the danger of jumping the shark, though. You know, it's like, uh, you know, how much you can only handle so much. I think the I think more because it's a little oversaturation because I see Jason and Travis as long-term plays like i'm i'm on record saying i think they'll be bigger than the manning bros one day yeah. i think they might be already bigger than the manning brothers um they don't need to do all that they don't need to sell themselves out for like holiday card things or you know they don't need to, a bowl company like these endorsements will always be there yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to ride the wave of like, oh, whoops, I accidentally brought up Ford there. Ford said, I think the whole idea of giving two fucks about who here, I'll just pull it up here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there is a there's you, you can be counterproductive when you see too much of something too quickly. I mean, I don't think it's going to change how people feel about Jason Kelsey here, but I don't have to see as much of Travis. Right. I, I don't know. It's a it's a little bit much. It can be a little bit I hate, much. I hate to be this guy. Can we get back to sports? Let's get it back to the to the yeah. Eagles. Here. I mean, we are in a reverent sports blog that does talk about yeah. other celebrity stuff, and uh, it's just like I, I think that's that. an indication. Like I'm, I am exhausted of the. You want to get it back to the Eagles? Swift and Kelsey. I don't care what we get it to. We can get it to anything. Too. Yeah. Halfway through. What else is on the sheet? We got a show sheet for a reason, don't we? Yeah. Like, look, look at the number of people who are in watching the show right now. You know, there are other digital media platforms in this city who would kill to have this many people watching their stuff live. Here comes the Chihuahua. Here comes the Chihuahua. (laughs) 
Russ, let's do a quick Flyers minute with your guys. They won five in a row. Are they winning too much? They're they're doing what they're going to do. I I have had this conversation with Bundy and Ann a few times now. I don't think that they are exponentially better than we expected, but I think that you do see the impact that Sean Couturier has and the impact that having a wily vet like Cam Atkinson has. And uh, a lot of their young guys plateaued for a bit, and then they went on this West Coast swing. And they've now won five games, and it's not just against bottom feeders. I mean, they they got revenge on the Ducks. They beat the Kings in L.A. Beat the they beat the Golden Knights. They, they went to Carolina. They beat the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They didn't fall into a trap game last night. They were impressive. Columbus is a Handle train wreck. Business. Yeah, how's, yeah. Pro, how's Provy doing out there? And- so uh, oh, yeah. he was he was not great last night. Uh, he's playing more minutes than Warinsky now, which is not an ideal way to uh, build your team. But there was a moment in the first period where I went, this is why it's so much better to have him gone. Travis Sanheim kept the puck in at the blue line three times on a power play. And I know for a fact that if Ivan Provorov had been out there trying to do it, the puck would have bounced over his stick because that was like the number one thing that pissed me off about the guy. Bounced over the pride tape on his, on his yeah. stick. <laughs> what you, would you think of the reception? He got the video. It was mostly so it was lukewarm at best. It was mostly cheers. There were there was a smattering of boos, but like it was that crowd last night was electric from Mm -hmm. puck drop until the end, and that was about as quiet as the place was. Even though they were trying to get some kind of an ovation, I think the people just generally didn't care. Huh. I think that's fair. Um, How do you how do you feel about the the Flyers like long term? Like I know Kevin already asked if like they're winning too much and everything, but it seems like from what I've seen and I'm just gauging off of social media that Flyers fans like want them to come back and like win. They're not really like into this whole, you know, tanking, trust the process kind of thing. It it seems like they just want to put a product on the ice. That's like kind of good. Maybe it's the older Flyers. I, I think no. I think what this is, is people are trying to enjoy the wins while they can have them. Because last year, the team started off pretty okay because Tortorella beats the hell out of these guys in camp. They're better conditioned and teams and take out. them and, and teams take them for granted and, and then end up, you know, dropping a, a couple of points. Um, but you're you're 19 games in or 18 games, 18 games in now. Um, I'll I want to see where they're at around Christmas. Like, I don't I don't think under any circumstances it should be a team that is competing for a bubble playoff spot. I don't think it's good for them long term. But if they are continuing to win and you're getting to the trade deadline, I don't know what you do because you're not going to want to let the wheels fall off. Like Tortorella is not wired that way. And these guys have now gotten used to like competing and winning. I don't know if it's sustainable the way that they're playing. I don't know if it's sustainable over an 82 game season. How are they playing? That's not sustainable. You think they're, they're just balls to the walls, like the, the entirety of the game, which is why I would say this in the five years that I've been down covering games, in some capacity, I would say that there has been a there was the bubble, the bubble season that got abbreviated because of COVID, and then fans weren't allowed in. That season, they were on a bit of a run, especially before the world shut down. And there was like another three month span, I want to say like t- a year or two before that, where they looked competitive. But the rest of it has just been mostly apathetic play guys that like when they get behind the the entire team collapses and that hasn't been the case this year so like if you find tickets and they're not super expensive you'll enjoy yourself like the atmosphere is better 
the improvements they've done to the building are actually better because I historically have hated the Wells Fargo Center, but like the improvements are better. And I would say that on a whole, like you'll enjoy the atmosphere. It's loud. I mean, yeah. I look at it like this. You know if a fan base is buying in based on how the upper bowl looks. And the upper bowl, the last, you know, on Saturday and Sunday at those games were mostly full. That tells me that the public that doesn't want to, you know, dish out all the money for the lower level seats that some brokers buy, they're bought in. They're bought in at least for now to go out and enjoy like a, a hockey game. So I think that's great. And that row all the way up, the revolutionary row or whatever, where we are in the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook for the Press Row Show, there were hundreds and hundreds of people up there uh, at both games. So It's awesome up there. It is. It's great. Yeah. It's um, probably the best value Uh that's the, last, uh, that's the last place me and my dad went before the pandemic when that was like yeah. like when that was brand new. Yeah, it was sick. It was like different. Yeah, I think the upgrades to the Wells Fargo Center are cool. Yeah. If uh, one last question for me for the Flyers, if uh, someone's a casual like myself and and Kevin, mm-hmm. we're just tuning in. Like, who should we uh, who should we be focused in on? Who's who's like the next uh, the next guy in line that's not Matty Mitchkov? Ryan Ellis. <laughs> uh Ersan? Well, you, I mean, you would you would look at like Konechny's your spiritual leader, right? He's he's that guy. He had an awesome goal last night, top shelf. Yeah, that was awesome. Farabee's Fer- always one to watch. Bobby Brink was back in the lineup last night. He looked good. Need a little personality from Bobby Brink, kind of a doorknob. Kind yeah, there's a- not there's not there's not a lot there right now, but he'll he'll maybe learn. Um, Him backing up from Owen Tippett's one of the like videos. Owen Tippett's fiery. I would just say like take a look at at some of the younger guys on the team. Like they they play hard and if they don't they end up like morgan frost and back out of the lineup so yeah okay you know all right hey aaron nola didn't know if you heard signed a deal seven years 172 million dollars according to scott lover the braves offered multiple offers one coming in at 162 dodgers came in at 165 and the team came in even more but aaron nola elects to stay in philly kev russ russ i'll go with you first when you saw the years and money Mm -hmm. What was the first thought that came to your mind? I thought it was weird that Nola didn't take the Yankees offer. What was the Yankees offer? Yeah, the Yankees are the one who outbid them. Did you, did you I number to, on I there? Happen to know, I happen to know somebody who works for an agency, not the one who made the offer. It was oh. the Yankees. Did, I'm just you kidding. Get that I'm from, just kidding. Uh, there you go. Little, there you go. Yeah, it was a yeah, yeah. Uh, I talked. I talked to Joe Girardi, and he told me the Yankees. Now, yeah. I, I'm, got a, this I'm from, big. I'm a Hold big on. critic. I'm a big critic of no what? Are you serious about the Yankees thing? No, or are you no, blown no. Uh-huh. Although I think the Yankees were looking for pitching help, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were one. I don't think well, Nola could. John, I don't think. I don't think Nola could handle New York. John Morosi had him linked to every goddamn team. It felt like you know the last week leading up to this. Yeah. So I don't. Like- I don't think Nola has the mental makeup to make it in New York. Um, I think he's very comfortable here. I've been very critical of the guy. Um, there was no depth on this on this free agency like this free agent market. Yeah. Um and Blake Snell I don't know if he would have been a massive upgrade. Walks a lot of guys, would probably would have driven the city nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think that in the grand scheme of things, I think it's better to get the lower AAV, stretch it out because by years 5, 6, 7, even if his performance is diminished, given where the game will be at that point, given where they'll have like luxury tax and everything, all those thresholds, it'll be higher. And his percentage of like your payroll will be, you know, less. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a terrible deal. I just hope I just I need the guy to have a season where he doesn't implode, 
where he doesn't have that bad inning. Yeah. I, I think if he was just more consistent, I think Phillies fans could understand him more. Um, you know, why does he have games like the wild card where he goes out seven innings, no runs, and then he has game six of the NLCS when we need a must win so we can get to the, the World Series and it implodes. Yeah, I just think a little bit more consistency would would uh, would help uh, Phillies fans kind of uh, appreciate him more. But man, is he reliable? You can you can you could pencil in thirty plus starts in almost two hundred innings for like the next three four years. And Kev, I know we've talked about this a lot. Like the all these deals in mind are for the next four years, in my opinion. Like if they're they're looking to win a World Series by twenty seven twenty eight, I don't care what Aaron Nola finally, like uh, Kyle Scott said in two thousand fifteen, his arm's going to fall off. His arm's probably going to fall off. Around the time the end of this deal, um, so what do you I think about why that? the term? I mean, that's why the term shouldn't matter because you know I see like a poll out there saying, "Hey, are you did they give him too much money or did they give him too many years?" And I'm like, Brett Bryce is here for 13, Trey Turner's here for uh, 10, 13, whatever that was too. Yeah, so I, I, like <laughs> they're, they're they're going for it, you know. I, I don't I don't know. It's just I can't I can't work up any kind of take on on money in a league that doesn't have a salary cap. How much is too much? I don't know. Unless John Middleton has some secret budget that we don't know about, and there's a ceiling on that, that I can't make any kind of comment on whether they spend too much money on him. You know, I mean, they're spending a lot of money on Bryce Harper, a lot of money on Trey Turner, a lot of money on Aaron Nolan. Now they're gonna have to spend money to keep Zach Wheeler here because he's up next. You know, kind of setting their own market against him, but. If they again, like I said, if they win the World Series next year or the year after, nobody's really going to care too much about you know what happens in 26. You know what I'm saying? You made, you, made, you made the you made the you made the right point though. Like if you're a fan and your biggest takeaway from this is it's too much money, and that's your main complaint. This is too much money. I have I have news for you. It's not your fucking money. Okay, it's <laughs> not your money. And not if, that if it's the not argument is, oh, they're going to raise ticket prices, the tickets are already relatively affordable, right? Like they're the most affordable team to take your family to. So like I don't want to hear that. If it means they're going to raise the average ticket price by $2 because they want to like somehow make up some bit of his contract, who cares? It's well, not I, your well, money. I mean, you want a winning product. You want a good team. Of course you're going to pay more. I mean, that's, nothing down there is exorbitant. You know, I mean, it's no. pretty consistent with, with good teams across the board in all the sports, you know. So I just think that's such a non-topic. I mean, we're not talking about Tob- Tobias Harris eating up, you know, 30-something million against the cap, right? It's just not an issue. So so I look at it like – I think the thing that's interesting is like, you know, Aaron Nola is not exactly – Bryce Harper with the fans, right? And mm-hmm. and you feel like that corner, I don't even know if that corner was turned, maybe in the his first couple of starts of the playoffs, I guess. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm surprised that he re-signed here. I don't I didn't wasn't really um I didn't know if he really liked it here or not. He's yeah. not from the Northeast or the Mid-Atlantic, right? I I, didn't, I never I, you know, if you asked me four years ago about I don't want to call it a hometown discount, maybe I guess it is, but I mean Aaron Nola would not have been the guy that I would have applied that thought to. You know, like, I don't like, do you sense this like endearment between Aaron Nola and the Philadelphia sports fan base? He's kind of a quiet guy, kind of does his thing. He's not from this area. I, you know, I, th- I think that would have uh, surprised me five years ago. I think the reports that came out that he turned down um, more money or he turned down a chance to go pitch for a hundred win team that, you know, is an offensive juggernaut that probably would have inflated his stats. I think that'll, that'll do a lot to go a long way with a lot of uh, fans. 
And then I think the first start when he gives up a home run to tie it in the raft fourth inning, I think we're going to be back to <laughs> fucking Aaron Nola. So. It's like, but look at it. But on the flip side, it's like last year, 193 innings. The year before, 205. The year before, 180. And then the workout, the COVID, man. COVID yeah, the 202, 212, 168. I mean, like you, you just like there's just Dude, you, put those, those you put those innings up against Blake Snell, who pitches like 130 innings. Like you're just like because he can't you, stay healthy. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you get that. Like you, you, in a certain way, everyone you sign has to be able to one live up to their contract and two it's just like boston and new york you got to be able to live with philadelphia and maybe aaron Noah's quiet but we did talk to cameron rupp i think he's wired a little bit differently than most people think i think if you asked Andy, yes bob maybe not bob but and anyway that you know if he was that maybe Noah's a, a little wired differently that he can handle philadelphia and he's he's kind of proven that he can handle philadelphia just not always you know in the in the in the toughest of of, of situations, but Kev, go back to your point about the playoffs. He was turning that corner until Game Six. If he won Game yeah. Six, and we he got a huge he ovation coming, he got a huge ovation coming off, and everybody thought that was going to be his last. When people thought they were going to handle the Diamondbacks, and they thought that that was the last time he was going to pitch at Citizens Bank Park, you know. But I mean, I think the the it's also skewed a lot by looking at how much people like Bryce Harper have endeared themselves mm-hmm. to the fan base or the pandering that he's done. And then the Trey Turner ovation thing, whereas Nola's just kind of like a guy, you know, I, I, I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't know how to make this point, but like, I don't think he's on the opposite end of the spectrum. I just think there's so many of the Phillies guys are like super elevated, like easy to like, whatever. I don't think that makes Aaron Nola by default dislikable. I think he's just a, a dude. He's a more quiet dude. He's not flamboyant. He's not like Garrett Stubbs. You know, he's not wearing all the pandering shit like Bryce is. You know, he's not Castellanos with, you know, with his son in the crowd and all that stuff. You know, so I think there's just been fewer opportunities to kind of latch on to those viral things with Nola that would like that we put on the site for the other guys. You know what I mean? Nola's quiet. He kind of keeps to himself. He does his thing. He's a workhorse. But there just aren't those like ready made moments where it's like, oh, you know, Aaron Nola went on TV and said, oh, I fuck with Philly. You know, yeah. like, there's just there's not those moments. The guy who said like the guy that. who said that might find himself out of Philly. So, like, you know, it's great to right. have those little viral moments. And then when that guy disappears in meaningful moments, uh, are, is there anybody right now who's going to throw themselves in the way of, of Nick Castellanos leaving town? It's brutal right I now. Mean, like, let's like, let's be real. Yeah. Here's the thing about Nola. Brutal. Here's like here's the thing about Nola. Right. He's a he. uh if I remember correctly, he's he's a small town guy, right? Wasn't he a small town dude? Hey, and, like, yeah. and so the idea here is that he and his wife are expecting their first child. Remember, they made that announcement during the playoffs, yeah. right? Like it was on the board or whatever. Or they, they had like the onesie. Um, there is a big part of this that could just be he spent his whole career here. Your spouse is going to play a role in this. It's like the the least talked about part of professional athletes but like if you have a spouse and or kids that has a significant impact on whether or not you're willing to go anywhere else or not. And so while that kid isn't, you know, like in middle school, you've built something here in this town. You have found yourself at the precipice of winning a world series. And then the next year, you know, playing on your way toward a world series. And like, there's something to be said for that. And, and maybe they just genuinely really enjoy the city. You know, it, he doesn't, I don't care if an athlete goes out of their way to pander. I don't care if an athlete goes out of their way to, you know, uh, you know, inflate the ego of the Philadelphia sports fan. 
I care if they perform. And so again, I said like, I hope that at some point in this deal, he's able to overcome whatever it is that mentally gets in his way and stops him from putting together six strong innings. Like let's avoid that one implosion inning. The guy has the gifts. He has the physical tools. He has the stuff to be a top-notch pitcher. But it's that stupid mental hurdle that he can't seem to get past that, you know, had me saying, like, I'm, I was ready to move on from him. Maybe it's the stretch. He sucks out of the stretch. We should ban the stretch like we ban the shift. We should perhaps, perhaps we should work on a new rule in baseball. Uh, like a momentary, you know, like there's concussion protocol in the NFL. You have to take the guy off the field. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we create a concussion protocol in baseball and we have uh, Real Muto throw the ball out to the mound okay. and it happens to hit Nola on the cap. Oh, no. And then they have to take him out on the fourth inning for concussion protocol. Hmm. And then they bring him back in the fifth. You're allowed to bring him back. That's what I'm saying. Wow. That's what Comes I'm saying. Comes out of the dugout. He hits his head on the roof. He's tall. Yep. I like yep. that. I like yep. that. Okay. They, uh, so, I, Craig, if you can grab like that. that article. I fixed it. I fixed Aaron Nola. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Kev just moved on. When everybody's sitting at their table this Thursday, what are you thankful for? Somebody goes, I'm thankful that Russ came up with this idea. Yeah. All right. On on Sunday night, he said they should put a chip and, and a couple of uh, sensors in the puck and the posts for hockey games so they don't have to worry about camera angles. And then on Monday, he said we should create a concussion protocol to get Nola out of the fourth and back for the fifth. Back for the fifth. I um I asked Craig to pull this up because I remember Nola did this uh, thing for the Players Tribune and he wrote it. He wrote like a handwritten uh, letter. Do you think he wrote this? Did we ever well, get like that? Bad. Like, do these guys actually write their stuff or do the PR people? Con- they write it and the PR people are like this sucks. No, th- what happens is they do most of it, but there's like a there's like a there's like a ghost writer who typically sits there with them. Um, People don't know a ghost, a ghost writer is somebody who kind of takes like who, who's dead and wrote and they, in a previous life. Yeah, and they're they, dead and they plagiarize. They use the Ouija board. Kevin liked that one. He did not like your concussion protocol, but he thought that was goddamn hilarious. <laughs> He's a dad. It's fellow dad. <laughs> they, they, ghost writer was hilarious. So like typically it's like uh you know if you if like a ghostwriter would sit down with like an athlete and the athlete would any ghostwriters right now come on let's get to the air and get through the right. motherfucking point here Jesus all right, all right. I agree put Pagan in the box two minutes for descent <laughs> yeah mute his mic or something no I just I wanted to bring this back up because, oh, let me explain the ghostwriter I'm sorry so sometimes when the guys do the player <laughs> the player the players tribune thing sometimes they sit down with a the dude they tell them the story and then the guy writes it for him. Because they're not professional writers. Okay, I get that. But in this case, it says editors note Aaron submitted his story to the Players Tribune in the form of a handwritten letter. So yes, that is his real handwriting below. But the name of the article was just Philadelphia, and he talks about like being from Baton Rouge, and eventually, like you know, he goes to the big city. He's not really used to it. There's potholes. There's cars everywhere. And then like you get halfway through the story, and it's like, oh, we kept coming back from all these road trips or whatever. And I liked it. I got used to it, and it's like home. So, yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of clued us in on this or not really clued us in, like told us straight up, you know, I think this was 2019 when it was published. Like, yeah, he likes Philadelphia, he likes living here. Like he can see himself staying here, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll read a little bit of it. I had never spent time in a large city before. I remember saying to myself, 
This has got to be the, bayou sounds like. the biggest city <laughs> in the world. All right, I'll do the bio. That's what they say. I've never been no time in the middle already before. That's bad. I remember saying to myself, this has got to be the biggest city in the world. And then is you that, go into like that, now you sound like Creed. Is that like a person singing Creed at the end? That's real. That's real. It's not real. It's not Creed. It's it's Creedal. Another one here. I got another one. And I gradually got to the point where it became the feel the home to me, and it didn't feel so quite big anymore. Just a, That's what just she a said. Modern day success story. <laughs> Aaron Nolan, in the big city. Good Baton Rouge uh, accent. That's how. Thanks. That's how everybody in the Bayou. Uh, I'm surprised you guys got it right. I know. Wait, scroll, Craig, keep scrolling down there to the Asian guy. Don't assume. Don't assume. <laughs> no, well, is that person's he name? Played for the Fusion. He was like that the, the best. Sports. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's Carpe. That's Carpe, Carpe. right? Yeah. <laughs> that went well. Yeah, they moved. They moved them over to like South Korea or something. There is no more uh, Philadelphia Fusion anymore. Yeah, we lost the, Korea. our major franchises. Hey. I got a. Uh, have you guys been watching the NBA Cup? The NCAA yes. tournament. Yes. Sixers. Sixers had a must-win against the uh, Atlanta Hawks over the weekend. Big. Um, I like. I, I'm okay with the NBA Cup. I guess because they're performing well. Um, I didn't understand the blue courts for the Atlanta Hawks, but you know I don't really understand much that's going on into the marketing and the jerseys and all this stuff. But hey, you want to try something new? That's fine by me. I did have one fix for it. I was in the barbershop on Friday and we were kind of talking about it. Um, and like one of the barbers was like, can you explain it to me? And I was like, he's like, what's the point? And like, that's kind of where he lost me. Cause like, you know, you get like $500,000. That's great for like Jaden Springer, the 13th guy, 14th guy, 15th guy, maybe like a coach on the sideline. I think they get the same amount of money, but like $500,000 is like interest for, for Joel Embiid over a year. He was asking you or you were asking him what the point was? He was asking me what the point was. Oh, okay. And so we were kind of just talking about it. What kind of barbershop is that? It's uh, I'll shout it out. Meister's down in South Philly right on Passion Avenue. Great shop if uh, anyone wants to uh, ever go. Look at this cut. Get them to to sponsor the show. Yeah, they're good people down there. Um, So I came up with like a thought process uh, that I've reworked. I I want to run by you guys for the NBA Cup. Winner of the cup gets to swap their lottery odds with anyone else's. So I'll go deeper. You're not guaranteed the number one pick, but you could take your first rounder. You could swap it with the Houston Rockets last year for a 52% chance to get into the top four. Now it helps deter tanking for some teams. It makes games even better because if you look right now, a lot of the games with the Lakers, they're not going to win the NBA title, but they're 3-0 in the NBA Cup. There's a lot of teams that are like overperforming because they care about it a little bit more than maybe other teams do. But it's kind of strategic in a way, too. Go ahead. I'm, I'm laughing because, Russ, he's learning about like the FA Cup in real time here. Right? Mm-hmm. He's learning about the Champions League in real time because he's not a soccer guy because he doesn't watch soccer. I'm talking right? about but but you like the the point of it is you get a trophy. Who gives a shit? A trophy. I, like players yeah. players have egos, man. I don't think that your idea is horrible. Uh, I don't know how you I don't know how you execute it though because I don't know like which pick you're going to like. Who you can't just like get to pick any any team. Why not? It'd Why be so because fun. no because that's so dumb. The idea the idea that the mid season tournament's going to get you the number one pick in the draft is dumb. 
which then helps you that's get better players no, so that you can so that what? you can win it again and then you can get win the number one pick the no, next year. Like second. that doesn't not, work. But you're not guaranteed. So you can to, win the other trophy, which means you're not guaranteed to get the number one pick. I think the top four spots now have the same amount of odds. To oh, get the are you saying that you should be able to get like increased? Like you maybe get yes, you should get the, the fourth, 15th. the fourth most balls, or the third, the, yeah, the okay. So like you'd be the fifteenth team in the lottery, basically, okay. and you say, you know what, I want to do Houston, but maybe you don't do Houston. Maybe if you're say the Mavs won the tournament last year, mm-hmm. and they're like, hmm, all right, Houston's got a great chance to be to get Wemby. But the Spurs are back here, and they might have a great chance to get Wemby's too, as we know they obviously won the lottery. So you're Mavs, you're looking at your your conference rivals. I think they would. I think they would choose the Spurs over the Houston Rockets just to deter, so that Wemby's not you know ruining their lives for the next fifteen to twenty years. Here's where I think it makes more sense. Whoever okay. wins the in season tournament gets a guaranteed playoff spot, preferably. The the number at worst the number four seed. Regardless of how the rest of the season goes, you're a playoff team because you won the in season tournament. I don't right? think you, you have to. Why, you why have do to, you need anything more? You get a trophy and you get money. That's yeah, it. We it don't ends. care. Like, you this get is a trophy America. and you get money. We don't care. You're, you're a typical American sports fan who thinks that the only thing that you do is you play the regular season, you go to the playoffs, and then you play in the championship. In every other part of the world, they play multiple competitions. There are multiple trophies to win every year. So you prioritize one trophy or this trophy, this competition. Hey, are we going to prioritize playing the Champions League or are we going to rest this guy so we can play him in the league? Should we run our our, our backup goalkeeper in the uh, cup tournament here? There are multiple. Except there's no, except there's no history to this, right? So there's no... So you got to let people figure it out and like say, okay, we'll see how this first one goes and say, hey, we get to lift the trophy and we all got a half a million dollars. That's enough. This is where this is where the NBA messed up, though. This is see, Kevin, this is where I think the NBA really did. Hang on on one second. You want them to take this winning this trophy, use it to incentivize like jockeying for position to win another to win a separate trophy. Yeah because one trophy means something and this other one you say doesn't mean anything. No, I think this is, I think this is a great model to dramatize the NBA. You know, are we going to go after the Knicks this year? If the, if the Sixers won, are we going to go after the Knicks this year? Maybe the Celtics are rebuilding. Maybe the Nets are, might rebuild. Like we're trying to like, it's got the, all the elements of like drama. That's uh, too much chaos. Strategy. It'll never happen. It, it, it helps people from um, uh, teams won't rest their starters and stuff. Because it's like I, I think this is a perfect foolproof plan. Because they no. get a shot at winning a trophy. And- <laughs> you could also flip the pick and have assets. Like, okay, I don't I don't need it. Yeah, I could flip so who needs assets right now? The Suns need assets. The Lakers need assets. The Golden State Warriors need assets. The Sixers last year needed assets. If the Sixers, you know, think about it, like, okay, we're talking preseason of uh the Sixers, and we're like, Oh, you think they go for the cup this year? They have no first round picks next year. We need someone to put around James Harden and Joel Embiid. I think they have to go all in for the cup. And then we have that first round pick that we can then deal with the deadline. They could have fixed this. The the easy way to make this meaningful is, and Kevin, this is where the idea of not having to incentivize it with anything else probably makes a bigger impact. They could have done a tournament in the middle of the season, the way that they're doing it now, but they could have made it an international tournament. They could have had it open to 
they or they or even for next year, like they can say the top, the no top, the top sixteen, Belize, the top, or, or the top Madrid, sixteen teams. Excuse me, excuse me. The the two conferences <laughs> playoff teams, right? The the sixteen teams make it. Next year's tournament features those sixteen teams only. As well as say like the top three teams from La Liga, the top three teams in League Un, and like just work your way down, get fourteen international teams, and put it together. Pagan, you can always trust Pagan to come in with like the caveman four for four American sports angle. Who gives a shit about Europe? Who cares about winning the trophy? It's like it's just it's they only know one thing. You could even open this up. Here's a fun thing: you need to get fourteen teams, three from Spain. Three from France. That gets you six. You need eight more. How about like the top four teams in the G League get to participate in the tournament? And then you fill it I out. I don't care. Pick another pick a pick pick a pick a team from the Baltic states. But like put together the tournament. Like make it more than just one league. That could be a lot of fun. Get Kevin, let's get Kevin Owens on the show again. Maybe you can explain this shit to us. You know, maybe his uh no, that's you're stacking the deck on your side because he would be all for this. So but bullshit. You, every once in a while, you go into this like four for four like American sports. <laughs> but it's not a so better than your guys' idea. Like you, nobody, nobody cares about international. You're talking about flopping lottery picks. Like, I can't wait to fucking beat George Papadakoulos in the Olympiacos on Tuesday, Bo. Okay, now listen, we're going to break down some film. We got Baldy here. We're very excited to break down some film. The Baltic States. And really, you know, Duh, play the song. <laughs> the people just don't understand the concept that, like, you have a team and there are, like, multiple competitions. Because in American sports, there's only one competition. There's only ever been one competition. Mm-hmm. You play the regular season, you play the playoffs, you try to win the title. Like, what if you have a team, but there are multiple competitions to enter? It's a, it's like such a hard concept. Yeah, let's add more games to the plate after the guys don't want to play eighty two. I your well, microphone your microphone's not plugged in by the way, or like you just switched to your. He he got himself so worked up that his uh, his, his mic his mic switched out. to his laptop. I was like, why does that sound so weird? I have three things to touch on real quick. We don't have to spend a ton of time on these before we go. Go Number one, did you guys were you are you guys satisfied with the no. um, re- resolution of the? <laughs> I know what you're. Go- I know. Sorry. I know what you're going to say. Are you satisfied with the resolution of the Jalen Carter uh, alleged shoplifting? Damn it. Do you think I was going to say Ubre? I thought, I thought you were going to say Ubre. Well, they're kind of the same thing, are they? Are they? I mean, I mean, the, the the Jalen Carter thing was so funny. I mean, if he has a PR team or if the Eagles have a PR team, who was ever talking to Jalen Carter, like, please fire them immediately. Like, that quote was so bad. Like, he, what did he say? It was a misunderstanding. I don't know much about it. Like he wasn't even there. You were like, standing dude, there. What do you mean you don't stand- know? Yeah, like you were involved in it. Like, Just, what do we do? Like, who is advising yeah. this guy between yeah. the between the charity event thing and between now? Like, dude, I hope Jeffrey Laurie ha- packed those people's. I hope they're walking out today, Monday Night Football, out of the Novacare complex with uh, with the, the box. From the department of more than one thing can be true. Is this a huge deal? No, it's not no. a huge deal. But should he have come up with something fucking better than that? Yes, of course he yes, should. There's, gonna be about- scrutiny. Yeah. there's always going to be scrutiny on this guy because of the car crash yeah. and like the, the circumstances surrounding his draft pick. So, yeah, there's going to be more eyeballs on it. You know, so just he, he Jalen Carter needs some PR work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a first yeah. round pick. Act like it. 
Now, Kelly Oubre, um, I'm 99.9% sure he his camp gave the ring doorbell footage to the police, or not to the police, to to TMZ, you know, under the uh, the, the strategy of, you know, swaying public um, favor over to his mm-hmm. side. Because you saw, man, we put the stuff up on the site, man, and then you had a bunch of people on Twitter saying, well, see, I told you it happened. When, again, we, there's still no video of the actual incident itself. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, that's basically been the last update on it, that it's like, here's video of him kind of lurching into his apartment, holding his like rib cage or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's enough. Every little thing that comes out for the people who have already taken their sides, you know, um, it's just they're just going to try to say why that helps prove their side more than than anything, even though it doesn't prove much of anything, really. We'll never know what actually happened. He's not talking to the cops. His team's not talking to the cops anymore. It will be buried. It's done. Once he comes back, he'll hopefully, you know, and how he'll he'll fix this. I don't know where he is. Howard Askin will grill him for like two minutes and he'll say he'll say nothing. And, you know, I but, um, you know, it's 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 interesting because he doesn't you know, he's not under investigation. Right. So he's Mm -hmm. not obliged to talk to the police again. Right. I, I don't I don't know if people realize that. But, yeah, he doesn't have to say shit to him because there's nothing open, really, as far as I understand. So, yeah. Um, all right, final point then. Um, I don't know, did you guys see the video that I put up on the site of the protesters at the Sixers thing on Thursday night from the meeting? Yeah. 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 I mean, what did you think? When you looked at that or you saw the inquiry stuff or whatever, like the external viewpoint, did you did it seem like a big deal? Good move by Edelman to, to get him back in. Yeah, I thought so. Smart. That's oh, a very Vivek Ramaswamy thing to do. Yes, yes. He's been watching the Republican right. he's yeah. been watching the Republican debates. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, just so people like understand, they, you know, you got like halfway through this meeting and, you know, some people started pulling up banners at the end of the room and security started taking them out. Security grabbed one banner and like crumpled it up and threw it in the trash or whatever. And they just went out and stood outside in the lobby holding them up. Yeah. And then Edelman and David Gold, they did the most talking at this whole thing. They were like, they, they actually yelled at them, not yelled at them, but they were like, you know, through the microphone said to them, Hey, don't leave, stay, like ask your questions. The questions that you have on the banner, we want you to ask those. We will answer those. Right. And then they told him, they said, um, yeah, so here's the back of the room. Craig's pulling up here. Um, you know, you had all the cameras in the back, right? So it was really weird because everybody was distracted. They were still doing the question and answer. They are still talking at the podium during this time. We're all kind of like, uh, walking outside here to get video of, uh, what's going on. I think I totally crashed into somebody here trying to get through the, uh, through the line sorry that was good that was a good job though like that that like you you actually look like you've done this before and like you were like you know boots on the ground kind of investigative <laughs> journalism like hey please get yeah. out of my way i got to get the shot well um, well bacon back when i was working for eyewitness news we used to have to uh <laughs> there's the crumpled one the ripped to do up that one. kind of no, stuff it was here. nice to be out in the field again man i mean all i do is sit on my ass at home i'm trying to get out more you know uh, but, uh, I, I do sorry real quick they they, they brought him back in they told security they said you don't have to kick them out bring them back in and then they came back in with their banners and they just kind of lined like the perimeter of the uh of the ballroom or whatever you want to call it and they stood there and they stayed for the rest of the for the rest of the thing and a couple of them got up to the microphone they asked some questions overall was it productive um i think i think it was productive for the sixers because they they um didn't have any kind of disasters um, you know, there really was not a large Chinatown representation there. I'd say 70, 30, the crowd was union or was pro arena, mostly union laborers. Now, 
I don't know if these guys really give a shit. I don't know if the 27 year old guy sitting behind me wearing the union pro arena shirt. I don't know if he cares or not. He wasn't paying much attention or whether his boss just told him, Hey, go sit in the ballroom here and show support for the Sixers thing, but no disasters. And they got the protesters back in and they answered some questions. So, I mean, it went a lot more smoothly than the last thing they did in Chinatown where they left the meeting after they got yelled at, you know what I mean? Um, I think like, the thing that the biggest takeaway I had, though, is that you get these people who go up to the microphone and they just you have a Q&A session. You've got Edelman up there. You've got David Gould up there. You've got like eight other people. You can ask them anything you want. You can put them under pressure. You can say, are you going to take now you've ruled out taking city dollars for this? Will you take state dollars? You know, you can ask them these questions. You can, you know, you know, direct pointed stuff at them. And some people just went up there and started rambling like, you know, the history of this placement in Philadelphia, this project moved these people out of here. And I remember when this house went up and, you know, my rent went up $200 and then they would just go on and on and on in like this just justice activism mode to the point where the moderator would have to say like, thank you, sir. Is there a question you would like to ask? You know, and, but it was on both sides too. This lady got up there representing the union side. She was like, we need union jobs. And, you know, we want to make sure they're sustainable because, you know, I worked a job and then the job was over and I didn't have work for three months. You know, I'm with the electricians. I stand with the carpenters. I stand. And we get five minutes into it. And they're like, again, ma'am, thank you very much for sharing your comment. Is there a question that you would like to ask the, uh, you know, and so it's, <laughs> so it's not, it's not, it's not effective because it's not the it's not really the forum for that. You got a QA. You can ask these people anything you want to ask them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there weren't a lot of questions because they're just kind of like rambling and and you know, raving and I don't know, people trying to grandstand and like make a display out of out of something like they're Martin Luther King Jr. when it's like we're talking the about the whole thing, the whole thing's a sham. It looks None a little bit like matters. all eyewash. It's all bullshit. None of it matters. Let's be real here. These people are gonna get their arena done if they can get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care what the public has to say. It's a shoe in to be built anyway. I mean, they've like got they, union, they union don't, labor. They they've don't, got the mayor. They they've care. got lawyer, you know, yeah. This is just pacifying people who want to come out and hear themselves talk. And on the off chance that there were people there who actually did have a genuine point to make good on them for going, performing their civic duty to, you know, go out and, and represent their community. But like, let's be real. It won't matter. None of it matters. If the thing's going to get built, it's going to get built. I still find like the the funniest part of this entire thing is the people who go out of their way to complain about how awful it is that they're going to build an arena as if what's there right now is a bunch of lovely houses like they're they're taking eminent domain to tear down a, a nice little neighborhood on the street when it's not happening like it's it's going to be a big old vacant freaking place that's going to become you know the same people who are going to complain about the arena are the same people who would bitch and complain if and when that giant ass building turned into like the ultimate uh, um, like Mad Max kind of situation. There's just drugs and lawlessness and just like, you know, homeless people like they would like be the first huge- ones to complain, like to complain and to call the cops about like all the problems. And you know what? Like a big arena is going to go in there. There's going to be increased security, all that. It might be a thing. I genuinely don't care either way. Like whatever. But like, let's not act like that. That meeting was going to change anyone's mind. No, no, I think this is a done deal. I mean, it's I sag think- down there right now. I was down there. I was down there over the weekend. I was yeah. at the uh, the Lowe's hotel. Mm. It ain't much down there. The Greyhound, not, not as much as there should be. 
Awesome. The Greyhound terminal still got the the fence around it. I so wasn't on that side. I was on oh, the okay. other side. And the other yeah. side on Market Street, which is one of the busiest streets in the world, the yeah. fact that they're shut down buildings over there with like scaffolding and stuff in front of them, it's yeah. pretty bad. Should there was like- a guy. There was a guy who went up after all the rambling and ranting. I think his name is John John Chin from the Philadelphia Chinatown Development Corporation. Spoke very eloquently and said, "We're not worried about an arena coming in the middle of Chinatown because it's not. What we're worried about is." Six years of construction. What's that? What's that going to do to disrupt people's lives? We're worried about ra- gentrification along that corridor and competition for the businesses on that corridor. And he like outlined three things that are actually meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, and he used his time, and they answered his questions. And I'm like, that was effective. Getting up there and saying like, we must fight for the neighborhood because it's the right thing to do. And you know, you're just pushing out you know, brown people in a community. Well, and, and then ask a fucking question, right? Because you know what they could have do done, though? Here, do anything for anybody. You know? Here's the thing. If you're really that opposed to it, then come up with a better plan. Come up with an alternative plan of what to do with that space. And then let it become something that can be voted on in the next election as a resolution. Well, they like they, to put to put the, to council. But nobody's ever got a suggestion, Russ. It's just like we need I know, schools, I'm just, and we I'm need just to saying, like imagine hospitals, and we need to, like okay, but it's that's not the plan. Like the plan is that there's a private owner of that building already, and the Sixers are going to purchase it from them. So there is no not, not even a I, I don't know. You, I, you get what I'm saying? You know, it's like there's a lot of general, g- very generic stuff that's. You know, offered as an alternative, which is not even like does not even fit the the story. You know. Yep. Anyway, was there a third thing, or was that the third? Thing? No, that was the third thing. Ubre Carter. Ubre's at practice. Breaking news. He's at practice right now. He's at practice, just walking around. Oh, just walking around. Okay. Looks pretty good for a guy who got. Better be careful. Last time he went walking around. <laughs> yeah. I'm working another. Oh, sorry, story. he was I'm on a bike. He was on a bike. We saw the bike. It's true. It's definitely. Riding a bike. It's going to be a shame when he can't remember how to shoot and he gets diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome. It'll only oh, be the no. second, the oh, second no. sixer to no. get hurt on a bike and say right. it was thoracic outlet syndrome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. Yeah. When Russ, when Russ starts to go into his BMX, uh, Markel Fultz BMX thing, it's usually time to... 100% correct. Walking Someday pretty good. it'll come out. Walking pretty good. Is that and him he, with the sleeveless... The, the, tank top? Yeah, it's him with the tank top right there and the beanie on. Right. Yeah, so he's got no kind of wrapping or any like anything around his rib area. Yeah, he might. Uh, it's hard hard to tell from here, Kevin. Well, we need uh, a, again. I'm we not. Need Kev, we need anything. Keith Pompey to yeah, get a little bit closer. Zoom in on that, Jesus Christ! Well, I was trying to figure out how to zoom in. On, uh, let me just let me let me think about. All right, let's. Okay, all right, all right. Keith is a friend of the program. Keith is a friend of the program, but he's that was a friend a very... of the program. But you can't change how you sound. And if you sound like Droopy Dog, you just have to accept the fact. Okay, all right. Okay, that's a strong. That's a strong Keith Pompey. Well, I think Russ and Keith would get along. I do too. I, I think too. Keith is a wonderful person. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Russ Thank has you. his new. He has his new Comcast overlords that he has to report to. So he's going to make fun of the. Uh, I know. I'm surprised he's pro arena. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah didn't they tell people, you not? the 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 amount of people who do like the whole uh, you know now that they're signing your paycheck? I'm like they don't yeah. like that's not a thing. Yeah. So Russ, now that you've yeah. sold out completely to Comcast, what do you? Oh think yeah. Sixers. I'm going to come out. To, I'm going to come down to the Flyers. I'm going to sit in the Flyers mm-hmm. press box and I'm going to join the, I'm going to check out. We're not, in the, we're not in the press box. You have to come up to the snow, the goalie sports book, as we're calling it. When you, okay. uh, when they win 10 games in a row, I'll, I'll come to a game. But before well, that, they're at, I, they're at I, five. I expect greatness out of my teams. Um, 
So once they uh, once they win ten in a row, I'll come out to a game. So it might happen. I call dibs next to Charlie O'Connor. Oh, I think that seat's there? open. I think you that seat's like- open, though. I think that's Anthony's seat that we don't use. No. All right. I'll sit. I'll take Anthony's seat. I'll represent Crossing okay. Broad. You guys can do Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Right hander Lance Lynn and the St. Louis Cardinals are in agreement on a one year contract for $10 million. Another pitcher is off the board in free agency. That actually does remind me. I feel like St. Louis had been a dark horse name interested in NOLA. So, Nola. yeah. Well, if he wasn't interested point. in them. Last point. If you yeah. grew up in Baton Rouge, who's your baseball team? The Braves? Uh, the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> well, it's either the Rangers or the Braves, yeah. I think the Braves kind of represent all the Southeast. So I guess the I guess the Braves would have been his hometown region, home region, home region team. So LSU. Yeah. LSU. I, I said LSU. I think LSU probably would have been it. Mm-hmm. You don't Bad need a pro home. team down there. Baton Rouge. All right. Good show. Oh. Russell, thank you, man. They don't call Russell, it Pitchin' Rouge. They don't call it Pitchin' Rouge, right? Oh. Well, the number Baton, one pick was a pitcher just came out of there, so why don't you knock it off? All right. That joke was a real home run. Yeah, Kirk, uh, Kev didn't like that one more than he liked the Ghost Rider one. He thought the Ghost Rider <laughs> one was funny. It's, it's like you would have you thought, goddamn, you know, Kevin Hart was telling jokes right now. Oh. Like, the Ghost Rider one. So... All right. Uh, hey, everybody who tuned in, thank you so much. We will be back on Wednesday, okay? So it's not just happy Thanksgiving, all right? We work here, unlike your corporate overlords. That, uh, we, uh, we have uh, a country singer from up here, uh, from the Westchester area, yeah. on Wednesday. Tune in to find out. Just released an album. Um, and we will talk to you then. Come out to Henry Hands on Thanksgiving Eve, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, in Drexel Hill. I'll be there. Ken will be there. We'll be hanging out. Limited edition Kelly Green. Uh, hands for the evil.